Cameron Milne and you're listening to Silent Studios, a podcast that gives an insight into the creative methods behind musicians, producers and audio engineers alike and how these original techniques are applied to a project of their own. Sydney singer-songwriter Luca has a voice that turns heads. Couple that with a unique sound palette of what some call space soul pop, and you have a formula which has made her one of Sydney's most exciting up-and-coming female artists. I am Iluka, a Sydney-based singer-songwriter. I grew up spending a lot of time in the Blue Mountains. I always like to say that because I guess I, I think a lot of who I am and the music that I write harks back to that childhood that I have, this kind of quite idyllic mountains, horse-riding kind of childhood. So, yeah, I like to reference that because I think it's made me the musician that I am today. Space soul pop. This well this most recent EP is definitely that's what I see it as. It's this kind of cosmic space soul pop. <laughs> it'll change, like ask me next week, it'll be something else. <laughs> Many artists find it difficult to allow outside influences impact the direction of their creativity. Even if these influences are positive, it is still hard for an artist to take their hands off the wheel. Unlike some, Iluka embraced the opportunity and encouraged her bandmates' input throughout her newest project. So I've been playing for many years with the same drummer and guitarist, so we know each other really well, and that's in the live front. We've been playing together. And for this EP, it was the first time that they had really been involved with the recording process. And so even though I was essentially, I am essentially the songwriter, we did a lot of workshopping of all the songs and they had a lot more input. And I I feel like traditionally I've been an artist who works very closely with the producer. So I'll take in a song and they'll bring their vibe and their feel to it. And then, you know, the song becomes what it becomes. But I guess playing with the same people for years, you really know each other. And when we started live building a... I guess a more um, solidified sound. I guess I made the decision that they were really keen to be involved with the recording process, so we got them on board, and I feel like for the first time there's quite a solid sound with the EP, which I really, really like, and and they've definitely really brought their own vibe and their own feel to my songs, which I I really love, so they've definitely become a really big part of of iLuca. But of course, when you're getting other players on board, it always changes, and I try to be as open as possible to that change but I usually have a pretty firm idea of what I see the end sounding like. I think it was it was more gradual it wasn't this moment of all right I have to just suddenly give up control but I guess because we'd been working together for so long and they know how I work I kind of know how they work and there was sometimes there was a little bit of all right they're bringing something really cool so I'm just going to step back for a moment and let them do their thing which was probably a bit of a learning curve for me because I was secretly up the back just being like oh is this right is this right I don't know I don't know yeah I'm so happy with how it all turned out. keys on the drums. Stephen Pitts is on guitar and well, on lead guitar. I'm on um, rhythm guitar. And then we have a bass player who's been playing with us for the last year or so, Dan. And 
sometimes in the past we've got keys players on board, but I guess that's for the, the biggest shows. I think though now it'll be more like a, a synth a synth player than a, a keys player as such. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool old school synths on these these songs. Some it may seem like our favourite artists write with minimal effort. It's almost like the songs write themselves. Although this may be true in some cases, the majority of the time it can be very taxing and time-consuming for the artist. Always being open and willing to let any idea live is a great platform for our Luca. On top of this, knowing that hard work and allowing a concept time to speak is very important. I'm kind of one of those annoying people who's got their phone and their, their diary or notebook with them constantly. And my dad calls it this antenna, this kind of creative antenna that you're kind of trying to tap into everything that's going on around you. And if it's in tune, you're kind of always getting ideas coming at you. And I really like looking at it that way because I am someone that's always hearing things. And, you know, even if it's just like I hum two notes and to someone else they're like well, why are you why are you recording that and I'm like this is no 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 it's the start of something I don't know what but I'm always yeah recording little melodies and always writing lyrics and I write a lot of poetry and just free flow kind of rambling stuff too so I, I guess the songs usually come from it it often starts with the hook of the chorus the melody and usually what will happen is It'll kind of come from from somewhere, often from little bits that I've unconsciously been picking been picking up on for the last you know week or so, and suddenly it will kind of come together in my mind. It's weird. I feel like sometimes my mind is like putting all this stuff together without me realizing, and suddenly it'll kind of come together in this fully formed, at least melody for a chorus. And often I'll then find I kind of just put it down and leave it, and often I'll get like little verse ideas that happen to go with it and this is all kind of happening in my head before I will then go all right it's time to like really flesh this out I feel like it's it wants to do something with me so and then I'll sit down with a guitar and work out you know what key it's in and often a kind of pre-chorus and bridge with it but often the chorus and the verse will kind of work together before I've I've put a guitar um, structure to it I guess I mean that doesn't though <laughs> I made it sound like it's, it does also take a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication to your art in terms of giving yourself time and space for this stuff to happen. I feel like you have got to be someone that if you want to be writing songs constantly, you have to give yourself the time and the space to do that. Like, even though, you know, I made it sound like they just come that that's, I guess, when I'm in those times of dedicating a lot of time to really tuning in and really letting those ideas flow and being really open to if something little comes at me, not ignoring it and saying this is nothing, just being like, okay, this could be something, let's like put it in my bag and see what happens. So I I think it takes a lot of hard work in terms of making yourself sit down and giving yourself the space and time and energy for that creation. Blue my soul, blue I sing Travelling or being away from home seems to play a huge role in inspiring artists to create. 
Aluka explains how the freedom of travel and meeting new people is one of her go-tos when needing inspiration. Yeah, often being out on the open road, I find being on the move. I'm someone that I love being on the move and just the feeling of movement. So whether that's traveling or, or touring, I found that um, I was in America a bit over a year and a half ago and was doing a lot of driving kind of around the desert. So kind of Death Valley, all around Nevada and Monument Valley in the Grand Canyon and I found that environment, that landscape and just that feeling of there was so much driving, so much driving, but I found a lot of inspiration was coming and I was writing a lot of, lot of songs then. And I guess I didn't have anything to do or anywhere to be really, so I was just kind of completely open. Definitely movies, photographs often for me really evoke a kind of feeling and emotion, conversations with people or just like meeting new people and kind of different stories. I, I love stories and I love characters and new people and new things. So, yeah, anything, yeah, anything like that. Ritual, which is a new song off an EP with the same name, Ritual. <laughs> this song was born uh, about a year ago. And yeah, I think as I was saying before, it was born out of this, I would say more of a sad time, This out of this kind of loneliness and this longing. I think I had actually just come back from overseas and everything back at home was feeling a little bit flat. And I guess I was feeling, yeah, a little bit alone, I guess, because I've always been someone that's done my own thing and always taken my own path. I often feel like I'm on the outside of groups or society and, and I think that helps with writing because I can I'm always like looking in and watching people and that sounds really creepy in a non-creepy way. <laughs> so yeah, this song um, was essentially about that. So it was it, written in this, yeah, fairly lonely time. I guess I was just feeling this, this certain sadness and coming to terms with what I'd chosen as my life. It definitely starts with mean guitar. It'll often be a voice memo on an iPhone, just kind of acoustic guitar in my voice. But this song, I kind of, I'd kind of written the chorus. I remember, I remember actually singing it to my dad because um, he's a musician um, himself and a songwriter, and he's always kind of my first soundboard for ideas. And I remember playing him the chorus, and I was going. Yeah, it's just a ritual. And it was actually him that suggested the next line, which is, or, or he said the original ritual. And that it ended up becoming kind of the hook, you know, yeah, it's just a ritual, baby, the original, which is really interesting. So maybe dad should be getting some songwriting credits. <laughs> <laughs> It usually 
start so mean guitar. With this one, I was feeling super inspired, so I, I just do a, a fairly average garage band version of it, just so I can throw all the ideas at it. So it's usually very vocal layered, and there's often just a couple of guitars, but I don't go too crazy because I guess I don't like taking up too much space. So there's space and ideas for the band to do their thing. It's less kind of attitude. I think the final incarnation is quite like, I'm an empowered woman and I don't want your roses. I don't, I'm not going to fall to my knees, but this is very like, I'm vulnerable and I'm really alone right now. It's, yeah, it's so interesting. And you can tell, yeah, you totally hear it in my voice as well. So it started off with this garage band recording and then we did a, a demo where I, I took it to the band and we just put it down and my manager has access to this little studio. So I think I put down, again, guitar and vocals, got the drummer in, then got Steven, the guitarist, in to do his thing. And then it became, I guess, a bit more of a solidified demo. And the main elements were still there, but it, it, it just became more compact, I guess. Added a few little bits here and there, added some cool synths and probably took it into a bit more of a, maybe a Motown vibe, but there was horns, horns were added in the verses, which I love. And a Motown only kind of in the verses, it opens out in the choruses. But yeah, it, it's interesting at seeing the, the progression. I also feel in the final incarnation of it, I guess it's quite upbeat and poppy and kind of rocky and you listen to it and you wouldn't you wouldn't feel that it's a kind of sad kind of song about longing and loneliness but that was actually when you listen to the first incarnation of it that was the space I was writing it from and it's yeah it's a lot slower and it's yeah it's really sad I actually listened to it listened to it this morning for the first time knowing that I was going to do this podcast and I was like this is like kind of heartbreaking. It's just lots of vocal layering and this real sadness and longing about it. It's funny listening to the different incarnations of the demos that then became the final ritual. Yeah, verses are a lot more minimal, more bouncy, and that kind of Motowny guitar chain. chain. Yeah, I think the horns yeah come in later in the second verse too. Something must end to begin. Yes, all about the horns. We got three horn players in, kind of smashed them out really quickly. So there was alto sax, just normal sax, trumpet, and then there was clarinet as well. Uh, horns are just good anywhere, full stop. <laughs> I love actually this little bass line in the chorus. It's very Motown. I love the do-do-do. Oh, that's right, the delay on the bass. 
I often tend to be someone who's like, let's try this, try this, a million vocals, and then yes, try the horns, and yes, put that guitar line down, yes, 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 yes. And suddenly, actually, this song, the final incarnation of it, there was so many more layers. And it, it that totally comes from me because I'm, I get so excited and I'm like, yes, put all this in and let's try this synth and let's try the Moog and let's try. But I found that Pete, the producer, was really great in being like, I don't think we need that. <laughs> I think we got to get rid of it. And even though a little part of me broke, I was like, I have to, yeah, he was, he was an outside perspective and he was really good in, in just being a little bit cutthroat. We had quite a clear idea of the drum sound. It was that really tight, small. This sounds to me more like kind of 70s Fleetwood Mac, kind of quite dry. Um, I think it gets a little bit bigger in the chorus. Opens out a little bit, but yeah, opens up a bit in the chorus. Symbols. Yeah, I love that really tight, compact. Gretsch girl. White Falcon. Yeah, it's my new baby, the White Falcon. Uh, to be honest, though, this guitar sound, we thinned. This is not a typical Gretsch sound that I played. I still played with the Gretsch. We kind of made it sound not Gretsch, which is a little bit strange, but it's a lot more of a thin sound on the guitar, which is not typical Gretsch sound, but it still is a Gretsch. <laughs> about the vocal layering, all about it. <laughs> Actually, as you hear in certain bits with the vocals, I do... I guess I'm not in love again. Uh, yeah, a lot of that speaking throughout this song in particular. There's only certain moments that you actually hear it, but I'm... They want you, baby, from the start. I love doing that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so funny hearing it by itself. Baby, <laughs> Yes, I'm not in love Is this not the double or is this the lead? Oh, wow, that's a lot of space echo. <laughs> that's amazing. It was actually this old school tape echo that we were playing with, so we were actually doing it manually. It sounds so full on there. That's amazing. I don't know if I've listened to it isolated like that. But, um, yeah, literally it was me sitting there next to as we were playing through the song and Pete was sitting at the computer and I was literally like, should I do it now? Yeah, do it now, do it now. Like cranked it and then turned it back down. It was actually, yeah, it was really fun. We did it actually in all the songs. It was like one of those, we completely finished the track and I wasn't quite happy with the vocal sound. We were messing with a few little kind of yeah, tape delays and echoes and filters and I just, it wasn't doing it for me. So we spent like... I think it was like a whole day just mucking around with the vocal sound and Pete had actually just gotten this kind of I think it was like 1960s tape echo that he, he said he'd hardly used and so he, anyway we fired it up and it was one of those kind of this is the missing ingredient and it's so subtle when you listen to the song it's so subtle but yeah it was it was kind of what tipped me over the edge and I was like this is this is cool this is cool. Yeah. done in the past songwriting sessions with 
different producers, but for the most part, I work better when I'm just sitting at home alone. As soon as somebody's around, I can't focus enough on on the song. And I guess when you're listening to what they're saying, I, yeah, I feel like being alone and often sitting on my bed with my guitar is just when I'm ultimate focus mode without any outside projections. And then when you've solidified the structure and you're happy with the song, then you can say, okay, world, you know, add your yeah. add your magic to it. But it, I think it's really important for me to to really get that ground that which is the the song and the structure before I then allow it to be tampered with kind of thing. <laughs> it was recorded at Damien Damien Gerard. Yeah, it was a really cool space, just no natural light, which was weirdly awesome. Yeah, it just felt like this little bunker and there's just all these kind of psychedelic carpets and painted walls and old fun music things to play around with. So it was actually, yeah, it was perfect. (laughs) We just tried a heap of random cool things with the guitar and different amps. So probably a little bit more experimental in terms of the sounds we got. And even with the drums, we just spent a long time getting really cool sounds for everything. Whereas maybe in the past, it's been a little bit more like, because we get get a band in, you know, for a day or two days. So it's kind of like you want them in and out fairly quick. So you don't have a whole lot of time to mess around with different sounds. And I think because they were on board, um, like Billy the drummer definitely had some really cool ideas that he brought in, yes, certain snare sounds and a lot of references and that kind of thing. So there was probably more focus and care taken in each element, which I think really added to to the overall sound, definitely. Thank you for listening to Silent Studios. I'm Cameron Young. For more information on this artist or any of the artists featured on Silent Studios, please visit silentstudios.com.au.